boom, 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 Welcome, once again, to the Medfield College Film Society's third annual Spooky Halloween Special. You have cats? Everybody gonna get all spooky out there. Old Jack, Mr. Jack Lennon. Yes, we're here again at the Medfield College. Oh, everybody, old university. Uh, old Joe College over here. We're gonna talk to everybody in the Film Society. We're gonna, we're gonna talk to Mr. Robert McSwain, uh, the founder of this, this here... Uh, vehicle. Uh, Robert, how you doing tonight? Mr. Bing Crosby here. How are you doing tonight? Oh, bo 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 Bing Crosby? I just, I just kind of have his airs, yeah? I'm having a good night tonight. Time of year, gentlemen. And You know, growing up in the city of Pleasant Living, one event always reminded me fall was here and Halloween was right around the corner. And I got to experience that event over the weekend and it was magical. And it was the Cleveland County Fair, guys. Meet me at the water wheel. <laughs> so, so for all of our listeners, our hometown of Shelby, to which three quarters of us share a common thread, um, often and we often spin yarn about this magical town on this podcast. Um, this town has a county fair, and, and it's it's magical. I had one quote I want to read real quick online before we get going about the fairs. Um, one quote of a fan said, it's like Disney, but it's in Shelby. <laughs> hmm. I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> so the, it's safe to assume house. that this fan's probably not been to Disney or, or you think they're like trolling the fair. What do, what's, what's going on here? I don't know. Is it still billed as the largest county fair in North Carolina? It, like it No, I think be? they've, I think uh, the other town that you guys moved to took that. That uh, title yeah, from that them. Makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, well, quite a scene. I, want, I want to throw that out there. That I, I did. The, I did the county fair last weekend, and it was He's done the county fair. Whew, saw man, the pig races. Saw the motorcycles. See, yep. <laughs> was there a yeah. uh, destruction derby? I, uh, I went and saw the destruction derby. The the Carolina carnage, as they call it now. Oh, nice. Very nice. Did, did you have memories of the Car Three Demolition Derby? You know, yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I, I need to go back and watch Cars Three now. And then yeah, you mention it. It's good. It's good. Stuff. I was thinking more Jim Douglas and the Black That's Knight. That's true. That, of course, it runs a gamut. Well, we got to talk to somebody who has a lot of Shelby experience. Uh, one, Mister Andy Brown. What do you think about the Cleveland County Fair, Andy? Yeah, I've seen better. Just like all the films we watch. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to the Cleveland County Fair. All I've heard is I've known Robert is, oh, the Cleveland County Fair. The Cleveland County Fair, yeah. You ain't ain't seen anything. You think you've been to Disney? Then you need to come to the Cleveland County Fair. You You think think the churro's good? You like the churro? Well, wait, do you have some whatever they have? Elephant ears. Elephant ears. Elephant ears, yes. Some barbecue. Some Bridges barbecue. But yeah, hello. Good. And of course, uh, participating in this conversation is my brother, 
surprisingly not a prize winner at the county fair, but you know, if only he would have put himself out there, I'm sure you could have had a squash or something that could have made it or a, you know, a rendering. Um, I was about to say, I'm more of the, uh, the sort of arts and crafts building they have over yeah. there with yeah. the, uh, I'm I could have had some yeah, canned stuff, some canned like pickled baby corn or something. I don't know. <laughs> they <laughs> didn't have a giant pumpkin this year. I was really disappointed there wasn't not a ginormous pumpkin. Well, that's well, ridiculous. That seems beyond. This is just it's, another thing to complain about. I blame just, climate yeah, change. It's climate change. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I would have had a, a, a rendering. I think. Yeah, maybe of some sort. Epcot, perhaps. I can't kick it again. Know, I tell you the first uh, the first real art I remember making was actually of the Cleveland County Fair. I drew like an overview of the Cleveland County Fair and I was really proud of it. I kept it for years. Um had the rainbow in it, all the good stuff. Oh, the rainbow, yeah. Yeah. They don't have the rainbow anymore. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Those tropical girls were just too rooty tooty for Cleveland County. Two, three caballeros for them. Um, Well, we should get to what we're talking about tonight. Uh, It is Halloween is approaching. It is a Halloween special. We are Halloweening. How do we Halloween this year, Michael? Well, we're going to be watching the 1949 Disney classic, The Adventures of Ichabod, Old Icky, and Mr. Toad. (laughs) Oh, one of and those British stories, huh? Oh. One of those from across the pond. They should have got David Bowie to do the Mr. Toad part. And then <laughs> they should be, dub it. For, yeah, yeah. No, they can't do it anymore. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Toad. <laughs> Just sing it all. That'd he had a mania. Merrily, merrily, merrily. On our way to nowhere in particular. <laughs> That's pretty good, Bowie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this was directed by Clyde Geronimi, Jack Kinney, and James Algar, uh, which surprised me to see James Man, Algar yeah, pop James up Algar. in there. Uh, features the voice of Basil Rathbone and Bing Crosby, as indicated, and uh, the great character actor Eric Blore as J. Thaddeus Toad, which I had forgotten about. This is the 11th Disney animated film. The 11th film out of the canon. It is the last of the 1940s era package films. Uh, It has two segments, unlike some of the others that had a bunch. This one just has two big segments. One based on Kenneth Graham's The Wind in the Willows, and the second based on The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. And this was a project that was long in the making. Uh, Some of Walt's Artists had talked him into buying the rights after they finished Snow White in the 1930s. They thought it would be a good thing to make, and Walt wasn't so sure, but they started work on it, and things wound up getting delayed by the war effort, and throughout the 1940s, just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And uh, finally, the two stories were merged together to make a package feature. They figured they didn't quite hold up as films of their own, so they just kind of stitched them together. It was originally going to be called like Two Fantastic Characters or something like that, huh. which hmm. is kind of it bizarre, really off the but, tongue. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting how many how many films come from that first you know wave of success after Snow White of like what are we going to do now? Um, 
you know, they went on for decades doing ideas from those, but yeah, I mean, uh, he went on cause he got so much money. He had money for the first time and wound up just buying the rights to a ton of stuff. And at, at some point during the forties, when they were really on the ropes because, you know, overseas distribution didn't exist. So like Bambi and, you know, all those films, Fantasia wound up being flops because they'd lost so much distribution. They really got the t- screws turned on them f- finance wise and had to shut down production on a bunch of films, but they were working on like, you know, Peter Pan, Lady in the Tramp, all that stuff r- yeah. really early on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy, have you ever seen this fine film? I had, yes. Whoa. Um, wow. I, I definitely, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I, I, I remember watching the Sleepy Hollow portion uh, in elementary school. They would pull out the uh, the film reel, yeah, and lower the lower the screen from the ceiling in the auditorium. And it's one of those things that they would show in school, and I just, I think I loved it then, and I still, I still love that section of the movie. Okay, um, I wasn't as familiar with the Wind in the Willows part. Um, but I'd seen it a few times since I had kids and it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, but I did have a question. Is that, is this the movie that the Mr. Toad wild ride was based on or was it something else? Yeah, that was this. Okay. Uh, although the movie does not end with him getting killed and going to hell. Yeah, <laughs> like the ride a lot did. of, a lot of liberty. Wow. The ride yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, uh, I can't remember if I made this comment last episode it's been so long since we recorded um but the movie gone with the wind came on when i was like four on broadcast television and i got it confused with wind and the willows in the cartoon <laughs> nice and my parents were like hey gone with the wind's coming on we should watch this oh i've seen that and they're like when have you seen it oh yeah i know all about it yeah it was great it was you know it was, it was a real hoot and then I watched like the first five minutes of like, this isn't, I don't think this is what I remember and I bailed, but that's my, that's one of my memories of. I've got of motor mania, Scarlett. You missed out, man. You missed out on some good stuff. It's probably around the same time I was like becoming obsessed with Gone with Wind. Probably from the start, from the, uh, the plates from the, uh, Franklin collection or whatever yes. they're called. Yes. Scarlet and her suitors. <laughs> Scarlet and her suitors. Only from the Franklin Mint. Yeah. Franklin Mint. That's yeah. Anyway, let's, you know, go from one wealthy party to another. Visit Toad Hall. Uh, fittingly, with someone who tried to save Toad Hall in Florida. Mr. Michael Crawford. Take us there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, we begin, uh, you know, it's a shock before Buena Vista Pictures even existed. 
Well, yeah. Damn, back when things were distributed by RKO Radio Pictures. So it's a twist beginning. You know, you expect that Buena Vista fanfare, but no. Yeah. Uh, We get a very jaunty song under the opening credits. But it's a little unimaginative since it's basically a chorus singing the name of the film over and over again. Nice. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> Ichabod, Mr. Toe. Um, yeah, just singing that singing that name over and over again. The credits themselves are kind of plain, uh, which also kind of surprised me. But they feature an endless list of legends. Uh, you know, too many to name here. I mean, pretty much every name is somebody who went on to be famous for animation or theme parks or even live action film. So a lot of, uh, a lot of big names there. I know it's, uh, we always say this on the other podcasts when it's like, you think about, and we've said it here too, uh, before Imagineering and before live action, all these people were together in animation and so when you look at it, it's just like, oh my gosh, like even when you name the directors, it's like they went on to do very different things. Uh, yeah, in the very company. different things. And it's just crazy to think of them together on something that seems, uh, you know, if I may say, a fairly inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. I mean, obviously, Ichabod is iconic, but, uh, you know, this isn't like, this isn't swinging for the fences, you know, this isn't Bambi or something. No. No, definitely not. And I mean, when you consider what was coming up next, Cinderella, something that is more remembered and seen than this, uh, it is weird to see just all these heavy hitters, but that's who that's who they had on staff. We open on a stained glass. Okay, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Uh, Claude Coates, Don DeGrotti, John Hinch, and Mary Blair on styling and color alone. Yes. I mean, that is just... Uh, true heavy hitters That's, right there. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. On the Mary Blair, really, I mean, this is a point in Disney where Mary Blair stuff really starts shining through. There's a yeah. lot of oh, her yeah, in this gosh. movie. Yes. Which yes. we'll see going forward, a lot of it. But yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Uh, the film opens on a stained glass window of an open book sitting by a candle. So we've got a very literary setting here. It's cool, little uh, whatever. I mean, I guess it's like a they love, real. They, thing. they love these, yeah. these setups, don't they? Going into the live action, pushing into the cartoon. Yeah, they love the uh, libraries too. It's always yeah. going to be a library. I kept expecting Jim and Cricket to do a B and E, and to show, <laughs> to show up <laughs> since that's his jam. Yeah, it starts off with a live-action set of a library, which they love to do in this era. And I don't know. There's something about the way they shoot it. And later, there's some like little sort of stop motion of the books coming out of the shelves and everything. It's 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 kind of a weird vibe. It's yes. it's almost like they're shooting miniatures or something. They're not. But you think there was like one person who was like the book opening person at Disney? They're like, hold on, let's call him up and we need a book to open today. He's like, well, there's several ways you can do it. A good book opening is not an easy thing to put together in one day. Do you want this done right or do you want it done fast? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of books that open on Disney movies. Yeah. Big story books and then this. Yeah. They've got all sorts of books in this library. We 
The voice of Basil Rathbone kicks in, asks us to choose the most fabulous character in English literature. And he name checks Robin Hood and King Arthur and Sherlock Holmes and Oliver Twist. He goes through, uh, they've got a lot of books in this library. And it, I, you know, I kept thinking, I was like, is this Walt shopping for ideas? It's like, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll do that one and that one and that one. It was funny to see like which one of the books they shout out actually wound up being animated later. Mm-hmm. But uh, Basil says he would pick J. Thaddeus Toad as the most fabulous character of all. Mm. Which is a twist. We get a little intro to Toad through a series of sketches. The The book comes out and it's full of like little watercolor sketches showing Toad in a series of wild adventures. Big game hunting and mountain climbing and doing all sorts of things. Apparently, Toad has a mania for fads, and he never cared about the cost. So, we're introduced, we go into real animation now, are introduced to Toad's three true friends, because apparently Toad was a friend to all, but, you know, everybody was trying to get some from him because he was so rich. But, you know, he had three true friends who were always looking out for him, and that's McBadger, Ratty, and Mole. And uh, Rathbone continues to narrate. We see Mole arriving late for tea with Ratty in their little riverside house. It's very cozy. Just as they're getting comfortable, the mailman shows up with a letter, a human mailman, which I thought was fascinating. Like, hello, sir, here's your mail. And, and they get a summons from McBadger for them to urgently come to Toad Hall. Because there's problems at Toad Hall. So... We find ourselves at the ancestral home of J. Thaddeus Toad, which is a pretty swanky mansion. Totally. And I was also going to say that the, the, the designs of all these characters are so memorable. I mean, they're just so yeah. well done. Um, and the same can be said for Toad Hall. Is this just a, all like a, a, a vibe? A vibe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely I don't yeah. remember the Wind in the Willows book. Was there illustrations in it? I don't I know. I feel like in some probably. probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, also, curious. yeah, the book illustrations at the beginning. Very <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah. But I'm just curious. I'm, I'm curious how much these animations are based off of any illustrations that were in the book. That's a good point. They always adapted pretty. I mean, they always put their own spin on things. I mean, like Winnie the Pooh, you look at like the Pooh illustrations are way different than the Pooh characters. (laughs) So they kind of do their own thing, I guess. But that would be interesting to find out. Um, I love this mansion. He's got a great setup. And this is where I start thinking about the old ride, and uh, Mm -hmm. which which I really loved. And a a lot of vibes from that in here. So that's fun. Uh, okay. I was just going to say, it's crazy how, you know, the, the plot of the ride is wild and nonsensical, but they take so much from the design, you know, it, it does. It's like, man, there's, there's a lot there that was from the ride, you know, and being kids, we didn't really watch this. So it's just no. like, you just remember it all from the ride first. And then uh, plug it into this later. So it's just kind of yeah. I, was, different. I got a whole section on that here yeah. coming up. But. Yeah. yeah, it is weird that because the the ride doesn't follow the film exactly, but there's lots of elements f- from the from the film in the ride. It's like they just threw a bunch of random stuff in there, and it kind of follows it. So 
like if you're writing the ride, you probably really have not much of an idea of what was going on. But uh, when you pair it with the movie, you're like, okay, well, that makes sense now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Things are not going well at Toad Hall. Toad's spending has put him on the brink of bankruptcy. So to save things, McBadger has volunteered to take over Toad's finances, which he is really not happy about. We find him going through Toad's books. He's filing away a bunch of bills for various damages Toad has inflicted on the community. He's been trashing fences and hen houses and who knows what else it's making making a mess he's got creditors literally banging at the door and mcbadger is at the end of his rope he's huffing and puffing in a scottish fashion yeah this made me pine for this scrooge mcbadger crossover and then i remembered <sighs> that he they exist together in mickey's christmas carol but they need to exist together more that's right Badger in that yeah they're yeah. at Fezziwig's party uh mcbadger's oh, there okay because yeah. I, I mean i have there's some some shot recycling coming up here in a minute from mickey's christmas carol where they uh, completely recycled like frame for frame the interact they just lifted mcbadger out and, and plopped in mcduck oh uh, yeah some of these some of these frames uh, well, finally, Rad and Mole show up, and they find McBadger. He's at the end of his rope. McBadger says, something has to be done about Toad. He's gone too far. He prevails on Rat and Mole to find Toad and stop him. Apparently, Toad has a new mania. He's got a gypsy cart and a horse named Cyril and is speeding around the countryside, terrorizing everyone. And so we cut to Toad speeding along on his gypsy cart, and he is singing nowhere in particular and creating havoc. And this is where I get big nostalgia for the old ride hearing this song. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, this takes me right to the queue. Yes. Like waiting in line. And mm -hmm. like, like, I mean, immediately when I heard of that, I was, my 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 mind went straight to, the, to that ride. <laughs> it would play oh, yeah. on such an aggressive loop. Such that a small it's just loop. so burned. Yeah, a small loop. It was just like, da, the, da, yeah, just da, like da, that da, chorus da. over and over again, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it is really burned into my brain. It Real is hard, but is like a, a gypsy wagon, a, a fad. Is that what they're saying at this point? I guess so. Or it's a fad for him. So. Jeff, um, Jeff and Michael, did you ever work that ride? No, it was closed when I went there. I was the opening poo crew. I do remember you opened poo. I didn't yeah. know if you were there. There's no, I was right after it closed and Michael closed it down Yeah, uh, in person. The last day, one of the, one of the last ones to ride. R.I.P. Anyway, uh, Rat and Mole show up in the middle of the road, cause Toad to stop, and comes to a screeching halt. He invites him to come along for the ride. Toad is unbothered by anything. And like this is like the theme throughout throughout the show is you know, where some people would be like, oh, leave me alone. He's just he's just happy to see everybody. He's just happy to be there. And he's like, yeah, come along. Let's, let's go. And Mole starts to go before Rat intervenes, kind of gets him back in line. Mole is easily influenced, I think. Toad introduces them to Cyril, who seems to be quite a bounder. He's kind of a cockney horse. And uh, Rat tries to give Toad to give up his horse and cart, but Toad isn't having it. They even try and carry Toad off physically when that doesn't work. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, doesn't help. And Toad goes speeding off again, only to come to a crashing stop when he hears the sound of a horn. 
catches a sight of two people out on a motor car and is immediately transfixed. He goes into a hypnotic state and starts making car noises. And uh, Rat is upset to see that Toad has a new mania, motor mania. I love the outfits that people would drive around in those old cars. <laughs> yeah, those like big duster coats and the yeah. goggles. goggles. Yeah. <laughs> Gloves. Speaking of which, my uh, my father has an antique car, and my mom was trying to get him to dress like that once. Oh, nice. Crazy. I'd like to see that. He, but, 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 he but, didn't but, go but, for but, it. But, but, but. She should dress like it and drive it, you know? Why not her? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Actually, she should go for a whole steampunk vibe <laughs> <laughs> and become like, like, get like whirly gigs and all sorts of contraptions and things and just <laughs> you should run like that chitty, by her next bang, time you bang. talk to her oh boy um yeah toad's got the motor mania and it, he's got his his eyes are hypnotized so they drag him back to toad hall and try and lock him into the room till the poison has worked its way out of his system so they put him in bed and douse him in water and lock him up and he's he's a holler and he's protesting, but Rat stands firm, and he and Mole sit there guarding the door. And in the human sized furniture, Toad has all human sized things. Yeah, we're living in a human world here. So yeah, oddly, even for yeah, one wonders <laughs> how the the Toad Empire came about. Yeah, <laughs> how yeah how they made that money. Well, that night, Toad sneaks out the window of his room, he uses the old torn sheet trick, and goes off in search of a motor car. And he finds one, but is so consumed by his mania that he steals it. And we, we get the whirling newspapers of exposition, where Toad finds himself in court. And Rat and Mole are called to testify against him. This prosecutor is... Uh, well, badgering the witnesses, including Badger. And uh, they, they all kind of get railroaded by the prosecution because he is, he's putting words in their mouths and they're trying, to, they're trying to help, but the prosecutor's not having it. Toad, of course, decides to act in his own defense and he calls Cyril the horse to his defense as a character witness to talk about how great he is. And uh, Cyril antagonizes the prosecutor for a little bit before telling the story of how he and Toad came across a motor car driven by a gang of weasels who stopped at a roadside pub. It's weasels. It's always weasels. Yeah. Is this the first appearance of the weasels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta be. Hmm. Okay. Also, there was a, there's a solid lawyer burn uh, that Cyril gives him. It's like he says, and what would be the honest way? Because he's talking about how he acquired it the honest way. <laughs> and the barrister's like, and what would be the honest way? And Cyril's like, well, I thought, uh, something like, I thought you wouldn't, I thought you wouldn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really yeah. gets him. I really want to start interrogating my children like the uh, prosecutor does, though. Just thank you. That is all. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> so you did this and you did this. Yes, thank you. Uh, so yeah, these weasels pull up in a sweet ride and toad is so enraptured that he decides to make the weasels an offer on the car. He doesn't know that they had stolen it. Those you don't, it's a you hot don't buy car, hot man. merchandise off of a yep. weasel, man. What are you talking about? Don't deal with the weasels, man. They're going to send you down the train. <laughs> um, yeah, Toad's in his PJ still. He doesn't have any cash on him. So uh, he offers them the deed for Toad Hall in exchange for the car. Toad, not very 
Practical. <sighs> yeah, that's a, that's a word. How did Toad get his money? I wonder. Yeah, that's family the big money. question. Family money. How did that happen? That'd be entertainment, maybe. <laughs> Dancing girls. Right. <laughs> well, you know that when he drops the bomb that he gave up the deed for Toad, all this makes McBadger pass out. Uh, nobody can believe it, and the prosecutor doesn't believe it either. Says, you know, why would you trade an estate worth a hundred thousand pounds in exchange uh, for a car? Which agreed, not a good deal. And uh, Toad calls his witness, Winky, the barman, who saw, saw him sign the deal. Winky is an obviously shady character from Jump. But Toad is an idiot. <laughs> and, you know, he says, well, you know, he's a businessman of impeccable moral character. And, you know, just talking about how he's a good, solid citizen of the community and all this, we can tell that is clearly not the case. And Toad is kind of like walking him through retelling the story. And as he's doing it, Toad's like getting dressed to leave. He's like putting on his little gloves, getting his little monocle out. He's he's getting dressed up to leave in triumph. I have vivid, vivid memories of Winky for some reason. I don't oh, know yeah. if it's from the ride or from this movie. Like as soon as I saw him, like it, he he factors in the ride pretty pretty notably. But but Bad news vibes from Winky from the get-go. It just yes. feels like something. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's stroking his mustache. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he had that bar in the ride that had that Rapunzel on the wall. The, uh, yeah. The, the painting so, of the lady. Uh, and he had it on the, in the movie, too, later, but, but not the same, but similar but different. He had it in the movie, say. too. Uh, yeah, Toad's, like, getting ready to walk out of the room. Uh, he's waiting for Winky to say, yeah, you know, this is what happened. But Winky, heel turn, says Toad tried to sell him a stolen car. Winky. Mm. Winky, uh, well, I was about to say not what he seems, but he is exactly what he seems, just not mm-hmm. for Toad. Mm-hmm. This sends the court into chaos, and Toad shipped off to prison. That's some questions about this legal system. Yeah. Well, it's a br- <laughs> British legal system, you know. Yeah, it seems... Um, yeah, highly, highly questionable means and methods here. Yes, once again it was a white Christmas, and once again the melodies of Yuletide hung sweet upon the winter's air. Hearts were gay and spirits high. Indeed, in all the city, there was but one spot untouched by the warmth of Christmas cheer. The tower, grim monument to despair, cold, cruel, forbidding, and unfortunately, the abode of Toad for a good many Christmases yet to come. Well, merry, merry Christmas time. Find everyone with happiness. It was Christmas and the hearts were gay and spirits were high. The melodies of Yuletide hung sweet upon the winter's air. That's right, poor Toad has been jailed. And I guess it's the Tower of London. Is that what that's supposed to be? I don't know. I th- it sounds well, I thought I saw the... Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I saw Big Ben at some point, but that's certainly not the Tower of London. That's... Uh, yeah, it's something else. Yeah, they just call it the Tower. And so I, yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, but it's the one place unwarmed by Christmas cheer. And alone with his memories of his wasted life, Toad 
weeps for his friends, McBadger, Moley, and Rat. And Todd's, uh, or Todd, <laughs> Toad is uh, now remorseful, and he's <laughs> carrying around his ball and chain. Uh, you don't see a ball and chain much anymore. No. The London prison system's rough, man. Yeah, yeah. really. For, for stealing a car, you get hard time. Doing hard time, get a straw bed, cement floor, and ball and chain. Yep. But there's hope because the portly jailer tells him that since it's Christmas, he's allowed to have one visitor, and his grandma has arrived. And then here comes grandma, oh, her boy. face covered, <laughs> speaking in a high pitch. And then she unveils her face, and it's Toad's friend, Cyril. Cyril also uh, has a vibe. There's also another kind of vibe. Yeah. Party, yeah. party vibe. <laughs> Maybe an addiction vibe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the jailer doesn't notice that it's Cyril, and Toad is very happy to see his friend, but begins to weep. Cyril tells him to pipe down because he's got a disguise for him. It's essentially another outfit that makes Toad look just like a granny. I guess it's like a like, like a white bonnet and like a almost like a pink nightgown kind of thing. Yeah, Correct. it's, it's Correct. like yeah. like a nightgown, which I don't know why they're wearing out around. But <laughs> well, Cyril whispers the plan in Toad's ear, and Toad's sadness is quickly replaced by this mania to escape. And uh, his eyes begin like to spin, kind of like almost gets like a psychedelic kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. And so then the the alarms go off. The tower searchlights come on, and guards are informed of Toad's escape. It's, I mean, it's quite a bit of racket. Um, even the lights in the nearby cottages are lighting up, and policemen are out like racing across the city on their bicycles, which I just thought was funny to see. I, that's probably historically accurate, but I don't know. It was just strange to see. Yeah. Um, and they're on horses, wagons. They're all searching for Toad. Uh, Toad, meanwhile, he's like dinking and dunking through the alleyways as he's trying to avoid the search dogs until he's finally stopped by a policeman. I thought those were dogs were the dogs from Witch Mountain. There's a clip where I, dogs yes, are coming around I, the current I, corner. Same, like, the Witch so Mountain too. Dog? It's a I similar animation. wrote it down. Yeah. It's very similar. That's yeah. so funny. It caught all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, Toad's still in his disguise, charms his way out until he drops his physical... or. It, the, basically the ball and changes drop out from under his nightgown revealing that it's actually is toad the policeman <laughs> blows his whistle and toad tries to escape with but the momentum of that heavy ball and, sh- and shackles uh carry him down the stairs and through a wall then <laughs> uh, the policeman continue to pursue him into a train yard where a nearby locomotive is being tended to by its engineer uh, then toad steals the train right out from under him and then the engineer yells out after me, and then all of a sudden, just as soon as it's gone, another one pulls right in. <laughs> Such and, a cartoon uh, gag. Yeah. And uh, the just another train's right there with a whistle, and they all jump on it and take off right after him. It was, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. This was a pretty neat sequence here because Toad's like, he's having a blast. Yeah, that's the he's thing. La- nothing nothing gets up, him yeah. down. He's not scared or anything. He's He's loving it. He is loving it, and he's just blowing that train whistle over and over. He's heading down the track into the night, and you know when you think about it, it's not actually a good idea because he's like calling attention to himself. Yeah, uh, so you'd think you'd want to be quiet because he's trying to escape. But anyways, it's all fun and games until he looks back 
and he sees that he's being chased by another train. Like I said, that's full of policemen who all have their pistols out and they're fired it in the air like a bunch of banditos. Yeah, yeah they're letting the lead fly, man. <laughs> Just a totally unloading on him. Yeah. yeah. Let him have it. Toad is shoveling coal as fast as he can into the boiler and the policemen are just peppering the train with bullets. And, you know, the animation of this scene is just really cool looking because, you know, we kind of, we see like the silhouette of the trains moving across the background uh, at night. And we see the orange light of like the cenders from the train. Yeah. I love those cenders. That was cool. And the bullet ricochets. It's just, that's all kind of the only color that you really see besides like the blue and uh, purples of the night. Yeah, yeah, that cool shot of just the the locomotives, uh, that felt very Mary Blair. Like that yeah. Cinderella. Well, you've got Mary Blair yeah. trees everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's definitely vibe. Yeah. Well, Toad sees a, a bridge over some, a, a river coming up ahead, and he decides it's time to bail. And so he hurls himself off the bridge and into the water, laughing as the policemen carry on past him without noticing and uh, he's, you know, he's he's sure he's gotten away this time. But as he's laughing, like this fish kind of swims up to him and starts laughing along in this kind of tiny squeaky laugh. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's when Toad kind of starts realizing that his ball and chain are sinking into the riverbed. And start, he realizes, I, I need to get to the surface. I don't know if, for you guys, but it was kind of uncomfortable to watch him like struggle. It was super uncomfortable. Yes, yeah. it was not. Uh, that was not fun for me. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah the whole I don't like desperately brownies. reaching for that nearby tree limb. Yeah, it was just. Oh, I did not like. That. Oh yeah, that little limb just kind of breaks off, and it's just this shot of the ball like going down in the mud and getting stuck in the mud, which is uh Yeah. Further down the riverbank, Molly and Ratter saying grace as they're about to eat their Christmas dinner, and they also wish blessings on their friend Toad, unaware of his attempted escape. Suddenly, the front door swings open and the cold blows blows in a half-frozen Toad who managed to escape the river, thank goodness. But since Toad is still dressed in his disguise, Molly and Rat think it's just a, some poor old lady and they quickly jump up to help her until Toad's ball and chain again drop from underneath his oh, gown. Great disguise here. I'm so <laughs> troubled by the repeated motif of using the, like, the ball as like prosthetic booty. Yeah, because <laughs> he kind of uses it on the cop when they're in the town, like shaking his booty. But yeah, he shakes his money. Yeah, what's, what's holding it up? Modesty. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're happy to see him, but Molly says, "Aren't you afraid of the police?" And Toad laughs at the thought, but quickly changes his tune when suddenly there's knocks on the door, and the policeman shouting, "Open up!" And he begs his friends to hide him, but they say he still owes a debt to society. Molly opens the door and it's actually McBadger out of breath and saying he just made an important discovery. Well, so I have a problem with this. You actually hear them saying, open, you know, open up, it's police, open up. But yet they open the door and it's McBadger. So why would McBadger be saying that? Does he say he's the, the police door? or is it just sound like it's he was saying open up? I, I don't remember th- him saying the Maybe police. Maybe you're or... right. Maybe it was one of those things I just kind of put in there with my brain. You just hmm. assumed the police. Just like them. And just like them. Everybody <gasps> assumes the like police. Just like them. Oh, man. That's good so storytelling. So effective. So effective. As McBadger begins telling his news, we see Toad Hall, and, and he says it's full of weegels. Wait, let me start <laughs> that again. <laughs> McBadger wishes. Jeez, oh, Andy. Sorry. Uh, 
As McBadger begins telling his news, we see Toad Hall, and he says it's full of weasels, which we see enjoying some beers. And McBadger reveals that Mr. Winky is their leader. Mmm. Well, the shady Winky is holding the deed to Toad Hall. We cut back to Rat and Molly, realizing that Toad was telling the truth. And uh, he really did trade Toad Hall for the motor car, which you would think make you feel better, but still not a good decision. <laughs> well, you think somebody would have checked when he's like, no, I traded the. D-. It's like somebody would be like, well, let's go to Toad right. Hall and like see yeah, that's if exactly that's what I'm true. Pretty, it seems like that would be pretty easy to prove. Yeah. If Winky has the deed and is there. <laughs> yeah. And like a million weasels. A lot of suds in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. In both, down, in both yeah. segments. Well, McBadger wished that the innocent Toad was there so that he could tell him, but not knowing that Toad was right above him hanging off the top of the Christmas tree. Well, the delighted Toad, hearing the news, drops into McBadger's lap to his surprise, and Rat apologizes for doubting his innocence. Toad quickly forgives his friends, but McBadger reminds him that he's still guilty in the eyes of the law, and they come up with a plan to get that deed away from Winky. Well, in order to get into Toad Hall unseen, the four of them are going to sneak through the hidden entrance. And so they quietly approach the entrance via a rowboat on the water, and McBadger warns them of a guard keeping watch. Toad pulls out a... <laughs> this was great. Toad pulls out a shotgun... He says he's just going to pop him off. <laughs> I love, I love so hard at that. I'll and, pop him off. And before he can talk, straight up murder this weasel, Rat and Molly jump on him as his gun fires into the water, alerting the guard weasel, who lets out a, who goes there? Uh, but uh, luckily they're not seen as they continue hiding in the shadows and make their way to the secret entrance. They leave their boat and uh, tiptoe their way up through the secret door to find all the weasels are asleep after some heavy drinking, as Michael was saying. <laughs> they also see Winky passed out, but still holding onto the deed, and they attempt to retrieve it. Well, meanwhile, while they're doing all this, the uh, the guard weasel, who almost got gacked just a minute ago, <laughs> he's still searching for the source of that noise, and um, he's discovered uh, their rowboat. But then we jump back inside to Toad Hall and McBadger and Rat have climbed up to the balcony and they're lowering mold down from the balcony over the snoring Winky. You know, like Mission Impossible style. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> has a real Jabba's Palace vibe with everybody just lounging <laughs> around to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving the music cues of this part too. It's really good. Good. Yeah. Music. So, but they end up lowering him too far and Moly lands right on Winky who doesn't wake up but puts his arm around the squishy mole to kind of cuddle him. Molly tickles Winky's ear uh, to kind of get him to move his arm, which he does. And Molly grabs the deed, and McBadger and Rat quickly pull him up. But just as he arrives at the top of the balcony, that guard weasel catches him, and he throws a knife and <laughs> cuts, cuts the rope, uh, sending Molly crashing down onto Winky, startling him awake. And Winky realizes the deed is gone. And just slaps all the other weasels awake. And they all start chasing after Molly. Well, then what we get is a series of back and forth with the deed. As the weasels get it. But then Rat and Molly steal it back. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. And at one point, the the weasels throw a very large number of daggers and knives at Molly. Pinning him to a door. 
but he uh, but he escapes and folds the deed into a paper airplane, throwing it to Toad, who mishandles it. And there's <laughs> more running around chasing after the paper airplane, and then Toad, Toad like it's like ah oh, he wants to kind of I guess calls more confusion because then he just starts making and throwing lots of decoy paper airplanes. He's like woo. <laughs> just folding and throwing them every which way. <laughs> also, you, you don't see uh, just knives and daggers being thrown like that in cartoons anymore. You don't. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking that. I was like, it's things true. they would not they would not uh, do today. Sadly, yeah. If only they'd throw more knives and daggers. <laughs> if only the, if only they knew the comedic potential of daggers. I mean, you'd see. You can see the influence of that on like itchy and scratchy, right? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of this felt like really modern with the, um, like the back and forth. I mean, it was really fast paced, like mm-hmm. shenanigans. It was really cartoony, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it's a rather violent scene, as we've just said, as Toad and Rat and Molly and McBadger narrowly avoid death with all the sharp objects and clubs being hurled at them. At one point, they find themselves behind a revolving wall that does a 180-degree turn to get them to safety, but Molly's left behind. And uh, after a few rotations, all four of them are finally together, and they escape as the weasels all run into the wall, uh, and a large number of books just come crashing down on the weasels. Well, then Molly, Toad, Rat, and McBadger escape back to the rowboat, still at the secret entrance. And McBadger's glad they got out with their lives, but he, he says that He's sad that they didn't get the deed, but not so fast. Toad reveals that he did grab the deed, and they all cheer. Yay. Um, The the next day, the Daily Express newspaper headline reads, Toad exonerated, good name cleared. And anytime there's a newspaper like this on screen, I like to look around and see what else is on there. And there was a good, like all the other little articles. There was one one headline that made me laugh, which said, The meteorite falls near baby. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I saw that. I, was gonna, I had that in my notes. Uh, Rat, Molly, and McBadger have a toast to their friend Toad, who's a reformed man. But there's, uh, their glasses are suddenly shattered to the sound of a crash outside, and they rush to the window to see Toad and see his horse, Cyril, flying in an airplane like circa early Wright Brothers, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's a Wright Brother flyer. Yeah. That's yeah. A- and he shouts out, come, I'll show you the world. And as he flies to the sky and crashes into a statue, and he's laughing away, heading towards the sunset. And our narrator comes back and says that uh, we should hold our judgment of Toad since we don't, or since don't we envy him a bit? And he says, I know I sure do. And in closing, that is the master of Toad Hall who will always be one of the most fabulous characters of all. Hey guys, I found out something. What's that? Those dogs are the same dogs from Witch Mountain. Wow, no way. Not only that, they are originally from Bambi, the hunter dogs. Oh. All right. So they recycled them. There was, I mean, I'm starting to wonder about the recycling of shots now because I said I caught some of the recycling. Oh man, there's a lot they did throughout throughout um they used a lot of snow white over and over again for different movies but like uh, that's like the reference or whatever but i mean this looks like straight up same animation right Mm -hmm. yeah it's too funny hunter dogs man another disney villain 
which explains why they were so like <laughs> janky and witch mountain yes. and like kept yes. cutting off at random right. points, <laughs> yes. you know, cause it was not Makes intended sense. for that yeah. purpose. So let's talk about the ride for a minute. Cause I mean, that ride was something else. I went back and watched like footage of the Disney world version that somebody had posted. Something else. All right. And uh, I think I sent Jeff a still of the, uh, as the camera went by, you got to see the the lady at uh, Winky's yeah. bar. And <laughs> I sent Jeff a, a still, a, 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 a screenshot of that. And I thought, what, what in the world? I don't, I guess I was too young to really. <laughs> Rolly Crump, man. The great Rolly mm-hmm. Crump. Getting free. Uh-huh. So, um, I think my memory of that ride is primarily the train coming at me. Oh yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was terrified of that ride when I was a kid. Like I didn't appreciate that ride till I was older because I was so scared of it as a kid. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. Like there's a scene where you're going, you're driving through Toad Hall, and stuff's coming at you. And there's a suit of armor that like falls down, like it's going to fall on you, and that kind of creeps you right. out. Yeah, I forgot I about that. that. Yeah. And of course, the whole sort of devils and Satan at the end. That's so, so bizarre for, and I'd forgotten that he dies in the ride. Yeah, and then goes and goes to hell. Oh man! <laughs> See, I don't remember. I mean, I remember riding it as a young, young kid. I remember being terrified, and I remember my parents, my father, convincing me to get on the ride with him. And I think you ride in one of the motor cars, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that was and, cool. Uh, I mean, I, they uh, look I, just I was, like that. Was um, amazed me. It's the one that he stole. Uh, mm-hmm. looks just yeah. like the the yeah. ride vehicles sure. and each one had the name of like mcbadger or ratty or mole or you know it painted on the front uh, in fancy script. i guess i guess i wasn't paying that close of attention but i was surprised watching the video that each side was different like yeah yeah well, different yeah. elements and different well that was the best you know, part of it was that whether you got on the right the right side or the left side you'd get a whole different ride and then they'd meet in the middle where you're kind of going around that roundabout in the middle of London. Yeah. And uh, it would be like you were going to run into the people on the other track. But, yeah, you'd get a whole different ride each depending on which side you went on. So that was awesome. Why did they close it? It was just the height of poo mania, and they didn't think anybody cared about Mr. Toad. and. It's like people may not care about Mr. Toad, but they cared about that ride, you know? It was like the ride was more famous than the movie at that point, you know? Definitely, yeah. So it was the height of Pooh Mania, and instead of building a new Pooh attraction, they just ripped it out and put Pooh in there. So it's a shame. And then you can st- – is it – I think I've, – I've seen the, the Toad statue at the Haunted Mansion at Disney World, at Magic Kingdom, in the graveyard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, he has the rides buried there, or something in it. That's sort of the gag, or well, it's just a like an Easter egg, like right, yeah. But there's a, also a, Mr. Toad handing the deed over to yeah, the poo to, uh, owl. yeah. Owl. Owl. owl hidden away and hidden away in the ride, yeah. And they still have it in Disneyland, of course. It's not yeah, the I same remember, though. It's no, not it's same. not. It's not the same. That's for sure. I was excited to ride it though. We went, well, the one time I've been out to Disneyland. Yeah, I'm um, I'm super glad it's there, no doubt. And it is it looks great. It's in a, like a little replica of Toad Hall, so it looks really good. But I think they've got a a, a restaurant in Paris, maybe that's in a replica mm-hmm, of Toad Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. He lives on. <laughs> and that was the fabulous Thaddeus Toad. But let's weigh our judgment carefully. We moles and rats and badgers, really now, don't we envy him a bit? <laughs> I know I do. And so when we speak of fabulous characters, the most fabulous of all will always be, uh, to me at least, the master of Toad Hall. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, Jay Thad was quite a lad. Speaking of fabulous characters, England has produced a bumper crop of them. But don't forget, over here in the colonies, we've managed to come up with a few of our own. How about Paul Bunyan, Pecos Bill, Johnny Appleseed, Black Bart, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, and, of course, the one and only Ichabod Crane. So we're back in the library with Mr. Crosby, and we're cameras pushing in to some nicely bound books and Focus on Ichabod Crane by Washington Irving, or whole Icky, as Bing, Bing calls him. So good. The book's open to a map of the Hudson River Valley when the city of Manhattan was just a market town. And then on into a town that, while it looks quaint and charming, has a side that is foreboding and dark with tales of legends and dark histories, or I can't remember what they call it now, but there's a... He says a phrase like, here in the colonies, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Here in the colonies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a great term. I want to use that more and more. <laughs> Bing's got a lot of great terms. He's got I slang work, for days, yeah. I, I work with uh, some Brits, and I'm going to start saying, well, here in the colonies, this and that. <laughs> so we're introduced to our protagonist, a long, lanky fellow, nose in a book, might mistake him for a scarecrow, as it is said. But in Sleepy Hollow at ye old schnooker and schnapps shop with an E. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So amazing. Sits the Sleepy Hollow boys looking a little bored until the silence is broken with a boisterous yeah as Bram Bones comes galloping in. I was going to say the Sleepy Hollow boys is a great bluegrass band. Name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It really <laughs> <Sleepy> is. <laughs> And man, the Mary Blair is coming hard in this one. Yeah, yeah that really. first map that's kind of showing Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow, so beautiful, and all the all the background and design, super Mary Blair with Johnny Appleseed. Seems Bram and his uh, has a taste for pranks and mischief, but it's all in good nature. Although he pours around of drinks and mischief and drinks don't typically go together and. Throughout the course of human history, in my opinion, Bram throws back some suds, and our first song starts as Ichabod strolls into town. Much to the shock of the town, he's kind of odd, but he's nice just the same, is what you can take from this song as it is sung. Ichabod begins his work at the schoolhouse by taking inventory of who can cook and who can't by quietly and covertly taking peeks into the lunch baskets of his pupils going as far as to avoid punishing malfeasance if the guilty had plenty of good food, as an indication that he may be invited over to for dinner. And if he gets on bad terms with the student, then he might not. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought uh, Ichabod looked like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I still kind of think it now. I'm like, I can see that. I can see Jeff Goldblum like being character, character, caricature, caricature, yeah. God. Jeff yeah. Goldblum, yeah. On top of being a man of odd stature, he uh, was quite a crooner, 
sitting at the piano with a nice baritone voice as his ladies are swooning at his deep uh, singing. And Jeff, can you give us an example of what it's like? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a tenor, so I'm on the bass. What is weird is like they kind of split the difference between like Ichabod being weird and gawky and yet he's somehow like a ladies man. It's it's really odd. It's uh, so weird. It's confidence he has. The ladies yeah. like the confidence, I think. Yes, so. And and the intelligence, maybe that's it. Outside Bram feeling a bit uh, jealous of Mr. Crane's ability to sing interrupts his singing with a loud dog howl. Then one day, Katrina Van Tessel comes riding into town, turning the eye of every able-bodied man of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> no kidding. We break into a nice song as Katrina prances around town, taking advantage of the obvious attention she receives oh. from the male population. Hey, including you, our you guys were talking about reused animation. My wife pointed that. She said that it, there was a lot of Katrina that looked like Cinderella. Is there? Mm. Is there I, don't I don't know if they reused. I think it's any. just the time it was made and the yeah. people who were designing it. You know. Mm. Okay. Yeah, similar vibe. Though. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely the vibe. Yeah. Uh, the next scene is one that was burned into my memory. Something I've always dreamed of doing. We see a book opened with gloves holding the book and Ichabod's trusty switch slash pointer. In uh, in the right hand, and Ichabod slept behind his desk, daydreaming of Katrina, as his class That's runs. Something you've along. always dreamed about doing, huh? Well, maybe not. No, I was leading a class, but I always <laughs> thought, man, it'd be great if I could just hold my book up and like take a nap, and the teacher wouldn't notice. <laughs> so I always thought that was a really really smooth way of uh, ducking responsibility there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just reading back here. <laughs> Old Ferris Bueller routine. Ichabod lust, Ichabod's lust for Katrina seems to be more weighted towards her, her father's fortune, maybe more it's than weird, her man. good looks and beauty, though. Which is which is weird, considering Katrina, that she's, like he's yeah, more she's about the money. Uh, I find it interesting that like both lead characters in this movie are kind of terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Toad and Ichabod are because you're like, oh, this is gonna be. He's a gawky guy. He's, you know, he's kind of a nerd, but we're gonna root for him. And no, he's kind of awful. He which is, is absolutely awful. I think. Yeah. 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 Ichabod makes his move for Katrina only to uh, overestimate Bram, but Katrina isn't feeling Bram's confidence and immediately takes to our man Ichabod. Bram and literally sweeps Katrina off her feet leaving old Icky in the dust and the mud, but not, not one to back down. Old Crane races after her and humiliates Bram over and over again, eventually getting invited inside for what Bram assumes is some smoochy time. You know, when I saw um, the animated Beauty and the Beast, it's all Gaston, I thought I kept getting Bram and Gaston confused. Oh, it's certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another gag from the movie that remains in my memory is the half door or half door joke. Uh, Bram waits uh, for Crane to come out. He slams the top half of the door open, uh, stunning Bram, who comes to and begins to pull the handle of the top half of the door as Crane opens the bottom half and waddles out underneath Bram. For some reason, that just I remember that as a kid. 
And I just thought that was hysterical. Very distinctive look. He becomes like really square. Yeah, that <laughs> I don't know why it's like he becomes Wreck It Ralph. It's really yeah, weird. Or like the money for nothing <laughs> guys. Yeah, exactly. Um. I don't know what that that was such a weird gag. Uh, especially for the time. It's very weird. Dutch doors though. So yeah, Dutch accurate, doors, accurate. Dutch door comedy. Yeah, yeah. totally. New uh, there, there is like a con, this is like just slapstick left and right. It's so dense with jokes. Bram attempts to wall up Ichabod, but is interrupted by Katrina in her window. When he turns to finish the job, he punches the tree as old Icky is whistling down the road. He reaches down to pick up a horseshoe as Bram goes sailing over his head and into the well. Then it's hit on the head as Crane tosses the good luck horseshoe into the well. But Bram isn't going to let the battle determine the war that is raging on right now. He's going to find a way to win. Are they shovels or are they feet? Need and lanky skin and bone With clothes a scarecrow would hate to own Yet he has a certain air Debonair and devil may care It's the new schoolmaster Who's his name? Ichabod, Ichabod Crane We cut to an invitation addressed to Ichabod Crane Esquire which was an invitation from Baron von Tassel Esquire to attend a frolic at his home tonight. Mm. A frolic. I love that. I'm going to co-op that. Yeah, it's a real thing. They used to have frolics. Yeah, go figure. Uh, Katrina is writing to Ichabod to please come at the bottom of this invitation to her father's Halloween frolic. Uh, guys, you've been into any good Halloween frolics lately? I, I took Robert to one once. <laughs> oh, t- tell us about it. Oh, like you want to dress up like Bill Clinton for? No, no, that was not a good one. Uh, you know, just when you came up to uh to Franklin Street, Chapel oh, Hill. Right. Yeah, good. Right when you after you said the, uh, I remember this. There was a that was quite a frolic. Yeah, is that? They don't do it like that anymore. I don't think, but uh, yeah, it's quite the time robert saw some stuff he never thought he'd see <laughs> whenever i went to franklin street i saw things i thought i'd never see that's <laughs> probably true <laughs> ichabod of course was beside himself and grooms himself in front of a mirror in the schoolhouse wondering what his charm is that he has over women i'm with you ichabod what is it what is the charm <laughs> we're, we're all wondering I'm so curious. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he happily leaves the schoolhouse on a horse he's borrowed for the occasion that was still attached to the plow. Now, this horse has seen better days. So, hmm. we cut to a beautiful Dutch colonial house by moonlight lit from within uh, using that multi plane camera, Michael. You know, nothing like a good Dutch colonial with a uh, multi plane <laughs> camera at night. Absolutely. Got to get that moon in perspective. <laughs> That's right. Bing tells us that there was nowhere that matched the merrymaking of the Van Tassel's farm. And it sure looks like it. I'll tell you one thing Ichabod's got going with it for him. He's an excellent dancer and is excelling on the dance floor with Katrina while Brom pouts on the sidelines. Ichabod steals snacks while Brom pouts. Yeah, man, he's a hungry man. He's hungry. 
But again, you're like, oh, the gawky nerd comes to town and he's going to be such a nerd and uh, like an outcast. But he's like good at everything. It's so weird. It's adept. Subversion. And what's Katrina's game here? I can't wonder in that too. Yeah, yeah, I can't wonder if she's using Ichabod or yeah, I don't know. Still playing both sides, seems like. Mm. Well, Brahm makes eye contact with a maiden who is, let us say, slightly less desirable than Katrina, much more eager, uh, and gets her to dance in a scheme to trade off with Ichabod, and she is very excited. This is this is very odd. This was burned into my memory too. Yeah, as, as me a, too. As a kid, I, this this whole beat, um. <laughs> <laughs> the animation is so ridiculous. It's very uh, that animation seems like 1970s, like the Bluth animation. Yeah, the goofy stuff. Yes. Like, yeah, there's yeah. like, um, yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, it's it's odd. It goes on for so long. Yeah, yeah, a lot of. Lot of hijinks. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brahm chases Ichabod around trying to get him to dance with her instead of Katrina, and finally he shoves her into a closet, the maiden that is. Ichabod is dancing so well, but he keeps dancing over a trap door, which Brahm tries to open to get him to fall in, only to have himself inadvertently fall into, which he came out with a bunch of sausages and the like. So more cartoon that was gags. Pretty funny. Yeah. Time goes by, and it came time for the people of the party to tell ghost stories. Well, Brahm realizes that Ichabod is incredibly superstitious. And as Ichabod continues to stuff his face, which, guys, give it a rest. Brahm begins to tell the story of the headless horseman. Ichabod is spooked. Katrina is tickled because she's playing both sides. And, uh... Yeah, we get quite the jazzy number here as as Brahm's telling the story. And Katrina thinks this is really, really funny. And I don't know why. Why is it so funny? She's super into it, and I don't get it. But she's an enigma. Mysteries were never meant to solve, Michael. Um, Brahm mentions that if you see the Headless Horseman, all you have to do is make it across the bridge, and the Horseman can't follow you. So the ghoulish guy here... It yeah. really bothered me as a kid. Yeah. One of these oh yeah, that dude. Some don't don't even wear their skin on the on the on the line. The uh, when he's talking about the you know the ghouls and yeah, <laughs> sharp as yeah. ever, Robert. Was <laughs> <laughs> it was something? Yeah, Ichabod and the thing, Mister Thing. Um, Anyway, uh, oddly, Ichabod accidentally puts a lot of pepper on a hard-boiled egg. It's too hot for him. I don't get it at this point. See, that's, that's, that scene was burned in my brain. I remember yeah. just the pouring. I think it was like paprika or something. That he's yeah, on that's the point, I guess. Well, now we cut to later that night. Ichabod's on his way home, and Ichabod is whistling nervously on his horse. Clearly very nervous. Ichabod urges his horse on as the forest seems to close in on him, but the horse is undeterred and marches on at the same pace. Now we get a spooky ghost that yells, no, no, it's just two fireflies in a hole in a tree. We have all manner of weird animal noises and shadows and shapes. Uh, Finally, Crane sees a graveyard and is urging his horse on, hearing hoofs behind him. 
He realizes horse is just sitting on a gravestone, continually urging him on. He realizes that the horse footfalls are only cattails falling on the log. And he thinks this is very amusing and kind of loses his mind a bit as the horse laughs in his sleep. So he's kind of losing touch here. He's led into fear only through fear. <laughs> to anger. Um, no, he's just kind of going crazy. All seems like it is well, though, until both of them hear a maniacal laugh and see and hear the headless horseman glowing in a terrible purple light. Uh, really abstract here. So yeah, really. John Hinch colors, being color styling, very nice. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Really cool, really cool, just in advance. This is really great. And where does it come from? Uh, the rest of this stuff is there's good stuff here and there. Uh, there was actually something really good in, uh, right before this where uh, he uh, he's on the way somewhere and he's imagining like the wheat turning into gold. It, that gets a little abstract and cool. But yeah, that was all all her stuff. The lettuce, the lettuce turned into the money. Turned Very into money, few yeah. indications that it's going to go this uh, high, which it does anyway. Mm-hmm. The horseman takes on hot pursuit. Hooves of the horse are making sparks on the rocks, which look really cool. He takes yeah. aim with his sword, but Ichabod remains ahead and out of reach all the time. The laughter. Many situations follow, but man, this animation is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. And there's so much motion mm-hmm. uh, to it. There's so much, uh, like the camera's moving, they're moving, and uh, it's this was the same thing I noticed when they were having all that, all the dancing and stuff in the, in the barn or the, the ventasels. And there's just so, so much going on. They were just. Which uh, tension. I mean, filling the scene with stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're right there. There's the, the tension, even all these years later, I, I, I can still feel the tension watching this. It's scene. intense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. To, it scared a bejesus out of me as a kid. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, it would. Yeah, especially like when he lands and doesn't see the guy, it looks down his neck. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I was just going to say, Crane and his horse take off for a bridge, get turned around at one point. They run into the horseman, and Crane looks down his neck. Just, yeah. Yeah, that was spooky. And gets that laugh. Uh, I just, I was just, yeah, I mean, as a kid, and, and now I'm just going, just get off the horse and make a run for it. This, this horse is holding you back. That's the right. problem here. <laughs> Well, Crane eventually gets caught on the horseman's horse, but eventually makes it to the bridge and crosses, which makes the horseman stop in his tracks. But the horseman, of course, throws his pumpkin. The next day, Crane's hat was found with the pumpkin, but Crane was never heard of again. Surely enough, Rom gets married to Katrina. Crane evidently marries someone else somewhere else. We see him at a table looking at another turkey. But no one knows for sure. Uh, interesting end to that tale, but we're back in our library. We're zooming out. Close the book. Bing says, hey, I got to get out of here. And we show the stained glass window. The light shuts off within. And that is Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Now, rumors persisted that Ichabod was still alive, married to a wealthy widow in a distant county. 
But of course, the good Dutch settlers refused to believe such nonsense. For they knew the schoolmaster had been spirited away by the headless horseman. Yeah! With a hip, hip, and a clippity-clop, he's out looking for a head to swap. So don't try to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. Man, I'm getting out of here. Anyone read the book? Mode to do Mr. Toad. Hey, that's an idea. Have them play off of each other. So I, I, I've got a theory. I think, I, I, yeah, it's, it feels like they they want you to think that maybe if someone's playing a trick on uh, Ichabod, that it's Brom, right? Right. But I think it's Katrina. I think that's the real twist. Is Katrina is the uh, one who's. That's why she's laughing when Brom's she's telling laughing. the story. She she's enjoying this. She's and, a witch. Uh, boom. Wow. Oh. That's I was going to ask, has, has anyone read the book? I never yeah, have. I never have either. Because I was wondering if, if leaving it sort of open-ended that Ichabod lived, if that was a Disney end. Adding, or it's probably the, just like I would imagine. It's like at the end of the book is no one ever heard from him again. I would imagine, and then the Disney added the little. I've heard he got married. I don't know, but, but yeah, no I do one, no one really knows. Yeah, and... it just seems like a clunky thing of like the never never heard from him again is a lot more elegant. But. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, that's a good take there, Andy. I like I like that. Oh man, no, it's scary uh any final thoughts before we leave this behind i I wish they would have made a whole movie out of wind in the willows i think they could have done it that's what i was thinking the whole time i i think it would i think sleepy hollow is the perfect length for what it is i think wind in the willows could probably been made into a feature um to give a little more time to breathe and to get to know the characters a little better that's what is that's exactly why because the characters i want to know them better and they barely do anything about them and i feel like they're in a rush to get as many gags in as they can but yeah it's just, yeah those characters are interesting i want to know them more so anyway yeah i i totally agree i was thinking that the whole time too they, they i think they should have gone for it and made it a feature you don't think they could have filled out sleepy hollow anymore then it seemed good I think it seems good. And I don't think Ichabod's somebody you want to spend that much time <laughs> hanging out with. Nope. Yeah, it's true. It's just it's like agree. a fun it's little shallow. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm really surprised they didn't make a ride out of the Sleepy Hollow. I was going to say the like, same thing. If well, that would have been fantastic. It would have been I mean, so I, good. Because we've seen, I mean, I know they, you know, we've, we've talked about seeing the Headless Horseman at Disney World and stuff and how fantastic that looks. But they could have done a ride, even if, you know, Put it, put it in the the American experience or whatever at Epcot. You know that just kind of been a cool thing to to have some sort of ride there. I think. I think uh, there yeah. were proposals a long, long, long time ago, maybe at the origins of Disney World, that it would be in the mix, or that there was a plan one time for Disneyland for like an area themed around like folk tales 
like American folk tales, and one mm -hmm. of them, I think they were going to do this. I totally agree. It would make an awesome ride. It would be really cool. Yeah, it would be. There's a, you know, anecdotally that there was a plan to do different Fantasyland rides at Walt Disney World, and that the Mr. Toad ride would be a Sleepy Hip Hollow ride instead. But yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, it would have been cool to see. Doubt that's going to happen now, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay well we are gonna be heading back to our uh, normally scheduled program here with our fourth animated feature film we're going back to animation aren't we robert that is correct uh this is uh this upcoming animation or animated movie uh is long been in my top three maybe even Number one, I mean, at times, I, I, it's it's a movie that I love, and I feel like it gets lost in the shuffle of uh, all the other greats. But uh, it's an origin story before origin stories were hip, and we're going to go to the dark ages of England, where a mysterious sword has appeared in stone after the in London after the death of the king. And I know the usual suspects here are very familiar with this one, but Andy, uh, do you have a history with the sword in the stone? Have you seen it? I've never seen it all the way through. We, I think we own it. <laughs> and it's one of those that, uh, there's parts that I, it's one of those things I, I, I tend to catch, you know, a few scenes here and there, but, um, I'm always up for, uh, an, a King Arthur story. So yeah, I have not one, seen it in a long, long time. I started watching it with, uh, my son when, we got Disney plus and it has shot way up. I mean, it's in my top five now as well, Robert. It's, it's, I love it. Yeah. When I, I guess I started, I hadn't seen it probably since college and then my kids started watching it. And then I watched it several times just on my own after that. And I remember, and right. I'll probably say this again next week, forget and say it again, but at our grandmother's house, they had a, I guess from when our, mom and her siblings were kids a like a novelization of it like a little hardbound mm -hmm. novelization of it i remember reading that so many times i think i read that more than i saw the actual movie that's good i thought you were going to say that she had a, a sword and a stone in the in the garden she had a sword in the stone in the garden well she could have had i guess it's true well we hope you liked our third annual halloween spooky special this one was requested by super fan ellen just ellen i guess so we do take these comments into consideration and love to hear from you. You know how to do it. Info at Midfield Film and at Midfield Film on all those social platforms the kids love. Something's got to be done about Todd. This time he's gone too far. But he promised us. Promises? What good are promises when wild manias take him? Now, Robert, he's your closest. Wait, you're his closest friend, are you not? Yes, very, very dear friend. Then you must find Todd and stop him. Michael? Sorry, I didn't know there was a... Hold on. <laughs> What's he doing? He's got a new mania. He's rampaging about the county not doing graphic design. He's got a horse named Cyril. A horse named Cyril, you say? Yes, and when Todd's got the mania, it may cause him to lose Toad Hall. That sounds oddly familiar. Oh, lose, t lose Todd Hall. This sounds oddly familiar. 
Todd Hall, is it? That's where Todd does all his graphic design work. Branding, logos, t-shirts, websites, digital advertising, etc. So what are you suggesting, Jeff? We must get him to find a positive mania. Yes, a positive mania. There's only one thing to do. Yes, go to bindandgraphics.com. Or Upworks! Uh, B-Y-D-A-N-D graphics.com to get Todd doing positive graphic design mania and doing what he does best. Making you look good. Precisely. Well, with that being said, we'll see you in a few short days for The Sword in the Stone. Upworks! How are we a mighty red field? How my mother dear? All your sons and daughters hail to thee. Redfield College of Technology. And while we hold your banner high, rock, rock, we shout your praises to the sky, rock, rock. For proud are we a mighty red field? Loyally we cheer.